Hey everyone, hey and welcome back to yet another episode of Alpha Metallica. This is your host, Tom Quee here. Today we are going through a beloved hardwired track, Now That We're Dead. If you're new to the show, it's basically myself and normally a guest going for a song. You know, picking it apart, evaluating it, praising it, critiquing it, all those sort of verbs. And today is no different. If you enjoy the show, you want to give back to the show, there are many ways you can do this. We have iTunes there if you want to leave us a review. Also, we're on many, many platforms, Spotify, Stitcher, all that sort of stuff, YouTube as well. Please subscribe to us wherever you listen. If you want to support us, Patreon, it's patreon.com forward slash alphabetallica. So if you want to give back to the show, there's an RSS feed there. And episodes like this, you could download them you know, weeks before they come out on the normal feed. I am now doing two episodes a week as well, so I'm really pumping them out. It's going to be finished the show, I think, October this year, October 2019. So we're slowly encroaching on that final date. If you want to come on the show, there is still about... There's still about 20-odd songs available over the next 60 or so. So, you know, there are spaces, there are gaps. I'm not going to say there's going to be giant songs, legendary tracks that you want to get onto. You might have to deal with some of the uh, flotsam and jetsam, excuse the pun, of Garage Inc., etc. But still, you know, if you want to come on, chat to me, I would love to have you here. So get in touch with me, MetallicaPod, at gmail.com. And today, I'm joined by someone, this is actually, we're just saying beforehand, this is his fourth appearance on the show. We have covered, uh, in order, Cretan Harp. Then Fade to Black, then Iced Honey, that is a crazy triumvirate of songs. This guy is kind of like the puss head of the Metallica podcast scene, artist extraordinaire. Nick, how's it going, man? Well, Tom, as I said before, um, I got a sexy voice because, uh, <laughs> yeah, I sound like shit. You know, feel like shit, but I'm a pro, so I'm gonna power through this for you. No, I, I I appreciate that, man. I really, really do. And you know, say about the artist stuff before. So you've done. I mean, I guess people would most be aware of like the um the Metal Your podcast, cover your world black, cover our world black, and covers, right? Yes. Yeah, and in fact, um, I think the volume two is gonna be released to the public soon because I think they're working on volume three. Yes. So, so I, I know I haven't um, haven't discussed anything with the boys about doing another you know another volume or two, but I'm I'm pretty sure like we'll be in talks soon. But yeah. yeah, but thank but thank you though for that the the, the plus head of the Metallica podcast world. I like that. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true though. I mean, you know, it's a small world. I don't know if there's any more artists out there. And you did the logo for them as well. The the hand coming through the screen. I uh, well, that is actually someone else. But I did oh. do a version of that beforehand so okay. okay this has got very awkward right now so we're gonna move on quickly <laughs> <laughs> that's all right tom it's, it's all right it's all right uh and um i mean just uh, again we always got to mention that like your podcast alpha metallica you know constantly lives in their shadow you uh you you met the main man ethan recently right yeah yeah last month he did a show here in new jersey with need to breathe and um i have to say i'd never heard of them before mm-hmm. And it was it was really cool. They're doing an acoustic set, and I left being a fan, which was you know a little odd because they're like this, they're not a Christian band, but kind of a Christian okay. band. So I was like, you know, everyone's like, praise Jesus. I'm like, uh, yes, right. yes, praise Jesus indeed. <laughs> indeed yeah. But but they you know they rock pretty good though, and I like walked out of there being a fan. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Finally, I met Ethan yeah, a month ago. So they're a pretty huge band, actually. Obviously, I follow Ethan on Instagram. I've heard him talk about them. I know that he's been in a lot of bands and stuff like that. And I was curious. They've almost got two million streams monthly on Spotify. So they're, they're a pretty massive deal. I might have to check them out. Yeah, I mean, you definitely should. Um, 
I, I didn't realize like they had such a following either. I was like, wow, like this is actually a legit band. So good, good for him. So, mm-hmm. and today we're talking about a song off Hardwired. We're recording this in April 2019. In November 2019, it'll be three years since Hardwired came out, which wow. I can't really fathom that to be honest with you. It feels like it came out just yesterday. How has your opinion changed? Like, I can't quite remember. Are you a giant Hardwired guy? Are you kind of off with it? What was it? Um, I mean, I liked it when it came out. I really, really enjoyed it when it came out, and um, it's still there but it's you know now that we've had yeah almost three years i mean that's hard to hard to believe you know it's it's settled it's settling in i'm like okay you know it's not not as high as it once was but it's still a pretty solid album from front to from front to back this song is one of the more notable tracks off the album i mean they've all been given videos and stuff like that so we're, we're kind of out of that single world at the moment but um the song is played a lot and you know it's quite catchy and i think they played it on stephen colbert as well which annoyingly i can't find on youtube anymore i think they yeah did, i can't either no i was looking for that too yeah yeah they did like a pared down i think it's like a free four minute version for tv and yeah. i think it worked a little bit better because this is a long song this is mm-hmm. you know almost seven minutes six minutes 59 so it's one of the longer songs on hardwired which is already a long song on a double album um you know we open with a bit of a fade in there with the chords getting into that dependable hetfield chug and and you know it's basically 90 seconds of build. There isn't too much going on. It's very Sandman-esque, where the riff is introducing itself. And that's not to say it's not enjoyable, you know, when you're there, now, 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 now. Like, I can't help but sort of internally headbang. Um, yeah. What, what do you make about this intro, the drums, the guitar, all that? So, I actually like that little bit of, like, feedback right, in the, right mm, before the song mm. starts. Yeah, I think it's kind of cool. It's a cool touch, and, uh, yeah. It really is, you know. It, that was probably was, you know left in because I know um, from like reading about the song, you know, Lars had said that a lot of the guitar and drum tracks came off the floor because they had a version that was very very tight and it had like it sounded like it had no life. Right. So yeah, this is you know it grooves pretty well, and it reminds me of a Judas Priest song of like anything from like their mid eighties okay. you know catalog that dun 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 dun. Obviously, it's much longer and you know i've used i've razzed you in the past for songs being like, <laughs> that's right for, that's for, right, like yeah. songs being too long but i'm gonna i'm gonna agree with you like this song is is good it doesn't need to be seven minutes long no no absolutely it's not kind of like a justice epic where there's loads of hairpin turns and tie signature changes it's very accessible i mean we'll get to the chorus which is one of the most singable catchy choruses in decades I'm a bit puzzled as to why it is as long as it is. This 90 seconds as we build to Hetfield singing, my problem is I've got I've got no issue with it being 90 seconds. It's just compositionally, there's nothing new being said. It's just establishing this riff that we're going to hear throughout the song. It's not like, I don't know, you know, a Justice and Justice for All where we've got that melody opening it up or, you know, say we covered Fade to Black, obviously one of the greatest songs ever. Quite a long song, but so many parts in that song and it just builds and wavers. But, um, yeah, it's a bit of a head scratcher really i think this could have been a real you know huge single for them if they just pared it down to like three four minutes yeah i i completely agree um i do feel that this was probably just a jam and they're like ah fuck it let's let it ride yeah so that's really what it feels like you know it's like especially like like jumping around a bit especially after the solo you know it just feels like a jam oh yeah definitely and you're like you know what yeah fuck it let it go, yeah. you know, yeah. it, it, it's fine. But yeah, it doesn't 
doesn't need to be seven minutes long. Four minutes. No. Perfect, perfect length for that no, no. song. And I mean, this is an accusation that I volley at later era Metallica all the time. You know, Hardwired, Death Magnetic, Saint Anger. That you know, they are just a bit in surplus here to a certain extent and look they're they're incredibly rich very successful rock stars and who am i to tell them what to do but i Mm -hmm. would hope for them pairing it down slightly it is anthemic though as it builds and it is Mm -hmm. exciting and they do play with dynamics well the the chug let's use the use of space the use of harmonics before we get to the main riff you know the song is a little flabby perhaps but it's never really boring and i think as we've all of hardwired the instruments hetfield's voice sounds so clean so sparkling so so there you know yeah it does and i was listening actually right before um right before we you know we, we got on i was listening to the song and yeah it just sounds so alive mm. it sounds especially the drums they sound so yes. good drums sound incredible you're right yeah i mean everything sounds so good on, on the song and yet while it's simple it you know simple you know can be you know simple is good and it just it drives forward it doesn't take any unnecessary risk and it just sounds sounds good and it's like it's a good head head bobber you can like yep listen to it you know and tap your toes on the, on the floor and it just grooves along it really does have a good groove to it you know oh. while it's long it does it grooves very well it does it absolutely does um it has a kind of distinct poppy steel to it that carries it along as we go through you know james lyrics as well he always likes to rely on call and response structures so when reaper calls when doubt returns when we're seduced that's over there some of the lyrics are a little bit strained for me again i'm a bit of a broken record here i've never seen hetfield as like a bob dylan john lennon type figure that some people do as this profound lyricist there's certain kind of metal cliches like when doubt returns may it be that faith shall permeate our scars it's like mm-hmm. what it sounds like from the elder or something you know yeah and i know like reading up on the on the lyrics um it does sound a lot like you know it's a song based on on faith in particular the mm-hmm. the christian idea of like life after death and life eternal and i know like he's you know james has been a little bit more coy with with ex- explaining the, the lyrics to his songs i think because he really wants like that universality of of the lyrics to touch everyone so he kind of throws things in there but yeah out of all the songs on on the album this one definitely has some interesting vocabulary choices some interesting uh, you know ideas thrown in there that you're like well it could be this it should be this but james says that and and it doesn't quite doesn't quite pair up yeah and the 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 title for metallica is quite playful and you know it it definitely sticks out like i I don't know about yourself but i listen to quite a lot of sort of you know pop punk like day to remember four four years strong and they it's all about titles for them and sort of goofiness and now that we're dead obviously is kind of um it's an odd proclamation and it sticks out and i i I quite like the tone of it yeah and it's it's it definitely stood out from you know on the track list like now that we're dead you know, I remember, you know, when they released the, the track listing, where, you know, you're trying to guess what kind of song it would be. You know, is it going to be about zombies? Is it going to be about <laughs> this or that? And it's almost like this, as James said, it's like a Romeo and Juliet kind of a song about, like, love and going through things together and, you know, having life, you know, eternal and all this stuff. And it's like, oh, 
you know, and it's very, very poppy and very accessible. So yeah. it's it's almost like a contradiction of like having the title. Now that we're dead, could be very grim, very you know, very metal, but it's also almost uplifting to a degree. It is, and um, I don't know if you've seen the video on the Metallica website. They did all the sort of lyric explore videos. Um, mm-hmm. I'll just play a quick clip here. Yeah, at the end of the day, we're all the same. Uh, having something to believe in. Have, maybe there's an afterlife. Maybe, uh, you know, it started out as wanting to be more of a modern-day Romeo and Juliet. Um, uh, don't fear the reaper. Helping each other through life. And, you know, now that we're dead, I mean, that could mean lots of things actually you're dead, you're on to the next life, or, you know, you've gone through something horrible as a couple, now we're on the other side of it, you know, now that we're dead, we can live forever. We've gone through that, you know. So trusting in another person, and at the end of the day, your behaviors, whatever you've done, they're just behaviors, you can amend them, you can make up for them. And there's also an exploration feel of like, I don't know what's next, Come on, let's let's try it. Let's go. But James says in that clip, um, you know, it's about going through something and, you know, going through a tragedy perhaps and kind of feeling like you've died afterwards, but having faith that you can continue in that. And, you know, I can totally understand that reasoning. And that is quite a powerful message. But you are right. I have seen other interviews where he is quite, quite coy about this idea and that lyric. And it clearly means a lot to him. And, um, you know, there's lots of successes on this song. The pre-chorus is really cool. The all sinners, a future, very catchy. Um, mm-hmm. I watched a few live videos and I, I saw him in Birmingham playing this song um, and uh, I remember when he says Return to Ash because it's a chuggy song James can do a lot with his hand when he's playing it he can like do yeah. motions and he talks about um, the dawn and he sort of puts it you know looks over the dinosaur and when he says Return to Ash he points to the ground and the now that we're dead my dear we can be together I mean the chorus is just gigantic isn't it it's built around it and it, it's a triumph Oh yeah, it's 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 definitely it's yeah it's a chorus of triumph. It, it very is very uplifting, in it, while again having like this kind of contradiction of like now that we're dead we can live forever and just the way he phrases things and the way that he says things, it is very powerful, very uplifting, and he, you know he he puts the emphasis on the words you know when when they need it so. like very successful in that despite how anthemic this song is there still is some metallica dna here you know when the song's like and it Mm -hmm. plays with certain time signatures and switch things up which i really do appreciate and it's not just kind of making it a sort of monotonous chugger that it could be um there's a lot of elements to that song we build to the solo quite well i think i quite like how it goes Mm -hmm. forward there's proggier elements and what, what do you think of kirk's actual lead playing um, not one, not no. one of his best <laughs> moments. I mean, the, certainly not. The be, yeah, the beginning part of it is just like this, this like petering of sounds. Yeah, and it, yeah. It kind of builds into something, you know, into yeah. something decent. Not, not, not a highlight for Kirk for sure. No, no, I completely agree. Um, as I always say, I think for the next album, Lars just needs to make an iPad app that just has like 200 Kirk sounds and then just press press the buttons and put them together because you're going to get something a little better than that. It's interesting, um, <laughs> you know, they do all the uh, the making of, now that we're dead, we're supposed to call Tin Shot, apparently. That was the working title. And there's a great video 
video of them, you know, talking about the song. And it's, it's a really good thing. And in the Kirk section, first solo he plays, but it's really cool descending legato part that I actually really like. And they kind of pull from that. And it's kind of symptomatic of the issue because he plays a few solos. And Greg, the producer, says to him, like, oh, there's a lot of stuff in that Kirk. And it's like, a producer shouldn't say that. A guitarist should come to producer with a fully formed solo or they should hammer out the parts. Whereas it seems almost the expectation now is that, oh, Lars will rebuild this in Pro Tools. And it does feel like a very, like, narratively, the solo doesn't really make sense. And it's just, it's such a shame because this is is a good song by Metallica. And I just think, like, a good, like, a great solo could have put the bow on top. Uh, Yeah. Absolutely, and um, I lost my train of thought for a second. Yeah, it really is kind of like you know, wa- you know, watching you know, watching Kirk you know, put together the solo. I do, I do recall him saying that for this album, you know, like instead of prepping for the songs, you know, he would play more by feel, kind of like what Richie Blackmore would do with Rainbow and, mm-hmm. and Deep Purple in the seventies, and kind of just lay down, you know, a track and not really think about it and. You know, while that can benefit some people, I feel like with Kirk, it's better for him to do his homework on the song and see what what would serve the song the best. And in this case, you know, yeah, he pulled some good things, but again, it, you're right; it doesn't serve the narrative of the song. It just it just sounds like noise. Yeah, yeah, it does. It does. There's lots of deep bends and dips and and, and pull offs, etc., that we always expect and fretboard theatrics to a certain extent but none of it's very compelling and that video as well the tin shot video i want to urge people to to watch it. i'll just play a clip now of when james lars talk about the lyrics you know like in uh, the last song in saint anger what's it called all within my hands all within my hands how you sort of get like desperate and it's like oh within my hands fuck do you know what i mean it's like it's just delivered. fucking there's a short circuit in there so it just feels like is there some place that's a little more intense vocally than where we are right now? It sounds it's it sounds to me like you're containing you're containing what you're saying. It sounds like it's you know, what happens if you sort of take the lid off? Does that do anything? Like a little bit like say, Oh within my hands is just the first example where it's just kind of you you go to some different place emotionally, you know what I mean? And maybe this is not the song of the lyrics for not but, the lyric but, <laughs> for sure. But that's the first example. Now that we're that dead, comes. we can live forever. I mean, all within my hands, I want to fucking kill everything. That's, that's pretty different. I get what you're saying. I mean, this to me is more like Rome. I mean, what happens in wherever I may roam? Because there's the extended thing that we've done in a few of these songs. What makes that one better? Does, or is that lacking something? It's not like you're doing the you know Sonny and Share key change, you know. Right. So what Rome does is, like what you suggested, just stay higher, stay higher on something, right. instead of doing a melody. And I don't know if you remember that part when, because um, it's it's interesting where Lars doesn't remember what the last song of Saint Anger's called. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Which, which I mean, you know, whatever. We all have our brain farts, but I thought, come on, bro, like you wrote that, like. Yeah, sometimes he does that every once in a while. He's like, yeah, what's that song? And it's like, Mars, you like you knew That's like Sandman last, like yeah. You know, another, another yeah. interesting thing too about that video um, is that I don't know if you picked up on this or not, but for me, I, I find it interesting that they refer to wherever I may roam quite a bit when they make songs. Mm-hmm. It's like when they're talking about the the phrasing of 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 the lyrics and how James was saying, it's like, yeah, it's like in Rome. And I noticed 
they've done that a couple times with other songs like in Death Magnetic that they've, re- they've referred to wherever May Rome has a bass point. So I just find that a little, yeah, I find it interesting right. how they hold that song in, in pretty high regard. Yeah. F- for whatever reason. And like, it's a good song. You know, I can see that. Yeah. But, yeah. uh, it's, it's very interesting yeah it is and you know i love seeing the candid nature of them sort of talking about where they want the vocal to go in terms of intensity referencing rome and referencing you know um james saying how it's quite structurally quite high on the register and them going back and forth on that and lars's ideas of all within my hands being a reference point for mm-hmm. um, now that we're dead clearly don't grow to fruition like they, the song goes in a much more accessible extent but i like how they're bringing that in like you know i make no bones about the fact the episode with dave i think it was like the fourth episode all in my hands i really really enjoy that song and after the solo we sort of get the feedback washes and then as you said before james jamming out the riff which is kind of fun and we see bits of it in the video as well but that's a section that just isn't needed that minute i don't know why it's really there well, yeah, I you know same before. I just think they were jamming and just left it in, mm-hmm. you know. And I feel that if 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 they left that out for the studio version, but they included that for the live version, I would be totally fine with that because I can see that part being reminiscent of a little bit of like King Nothing or like sure. throwing like a Outlaw Tour jam in there, you know. I just feel like they, yeah, unnecessary. It was left in there because it's like, yeah, it's cool, you know. It kind of, you know, kind of bridges the solo back to the last chorus, and I just felt, and I just felt like they just left it there, you know, because you know why the fuck not? So yeah, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's a little bit puzzling, but you know, again, this is the band, and it is their want to do. And then we go back pretty much into the main chorus, the main song. We get another go around, and there's a slight difference towards the end. The return to Ash shed this skin beyond the black we rise again and you know then the song finishes out and it you know all in all it is an enjoyable track i d- listened to it over the last week or so had fun as i always do but you know the feeling couldn't escape me that it needs a little bit of pruning and um, any uh, final notes on the song nick so i i've had the pleasure of seeing this song twice in the last two years i saw it on the the stadium run in the u.s and in, in the um arena run mm-hmm. and we didn't quite talk about the uh, the live version with with the drum section yeah i was gonna get onto that yeah the, the drum circle right yeah the drum circle mm-hmm. so w- something that's interesting about that that my, my my wife made an observation about because she's a musician and music teacher mm. that the drum part and it's a lot more noticeable in the um earlier arena runs the drum parts they're playing is actually that that jam part that we talk about between the solo and the last chorus? It's it's that it's those little riffs on on the drums and and I had never noticed that. Yeah. She's like, yeah, they, they figured out the parts. And I was like, oh yeah, okay, sure, whatever. But listening back this week, I'm like, holy shit, I never noticed that, never. So now the later stadium, the, the later arena run, it's more James just fucking around having fun. But listen to like those earlier stadium shows that Metallica did with the drum circle, and you pick up on it, especially when you listen to the songs back to back, like the studio version and the live version. I really picked up on that, which again, never even thought about it. So I'm like, why are they just like Kirk's just randomly hitting stuff at certain yeah. times, and he looks bored. But um, you know, he does. 
He does, yeah. 119 times this song has been played live. So I'm pretty sure it's been played on pretty much every date of the worldwide tour. Um, January 11th, 2017, in South Korea, it was debuted. It was last played at the time I was recording this, March 13th, Grand Rapids, Michigan, 2019. And yeah, I saw it in Birmingham. And, you know, it's it's a fun concession to the crowd. And it's kind of, it's enjoyable to see James with his guitar slung at his back, banging on this square drum. But... I don't, I don't know if I need it, Nick, to be honest. I don't, I don't, I wonder who brought it to the group and I wonder who said, okay, it's like as a one-off maybe, but they pretty much do it every time they play the song. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, it, very, again, very puzzling as to why they, they've, now that we're they've never done anything like this before. Never. Right. I mean, the, the closest thing I can think of is the extended version of Seek and Destroy. Yeah. That's about it. But yeah, to introduce this whole brand new part, that has nothing to do with the song. I, 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 I fuck if I know. Yeah. I do. I do recall um, reading that James is a big fan of of like drum core and mm-hmm. drum line. So maybe that played a role in it. Maybe Laura's played a role in it. And again, I don't know why this song in particular. Like you could have just done like a like an, an extended jam, <laughs> more so like between the solo and the end in, in, in the end of the song, than to have an entire two minute drum you know circle. So very puzzling yeah it's a non-plus to it you know i know like my wife loves that you know absolutely adore that part i i could take it or leave it um if they're having fun hey you know it's their song mm-hmm. you know Yo, but yeah carpe diem baby as james has said you know so uh, yeah. yeah yeah um as always we open it up to you guys on Twitter, at MetallicaPod. If you don't follow us already, before every song, I will put out um, a little request for your little brief reviews. And we got quite a few on today's song. Tommy Trinkler says, who's been on the show many times, shout out Tommy, says, A decently heavy track with a delicious groove that makes me bob my head. Infectiously catchy chorus with an anthemic, even poppy feel that will be stuck in my head till well after I forget my own name in senality. That is second <laughs> only to Here Comes Revenge in that respect. And um, yeah, I completely agree. I, I said this on the Here Comes Revenge review, Nick. That, again, like this song, has kind of a poppy chorus in the best possible way. Yeah, you know, and that song actually kind of you know, rose up for me after they played it live. I'm like, oh, that, not yeah. that I would skip the song, but I'm like, that's eh, not one of my favorites. But after hearing it live, I'm like, oh, this song actually is really good. Yeah, yeah it does have like that big, you know, that big chorus part, you know, mm-hmm. you know, very, very simple. So yeah, yeah, they both work in that in that regard. Yeah, I lo- yeah, I love here comes Ren Jesse Grunham even since the episode. Tommy saying again, far from my favorite on the album, but I really enjoy Lars's drum work on this track. It feels different from his past work. Phil saying Phil was just recently on the show for No Remorse, saying I can take it or leave it in a live setting. Let's replace it with a death magnetic track. I mean, yeah, I can't disagree with you there, Phil. Mm-hmm. I'd love to hear a My Apocalypse in this slot, but it looks like they're going to keep playing this for a while. Ralph saying, Song is a live staple on the current tour. I've actually seen it performed four times. The drum circle bit is okay, but gets a little stale after a while. However, the guys seem to be having fun doing it, so I said I should just have at it. The song is fantastic live all overall. Uh, Aiden saying, Snorefest. Uh, the, pi- <laughs> the pizza. That's a little hard. <laughs> I know Aiden, Aiden's a younger listener. I think he's in his early oh. teens. So okay, you know. I'll, 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 I'll let him go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Master of Pun saying pretty good song. Quite enjoy it. The pizza saying the drums. Effing drums. Uh, Tritton saying I like the Aya Beholder intro and the little jam in the middle reminds me a lot of the Outlaw Torn. It definitely feels like a third track type of song for a rock metal album. 
Stephen saying Stephen was just on the show recently as well. I guess it'll be out in the future of Wolf of Man from Metallic Chat Podcast. Shout out to Stephen. It wasn't initially my favourite Hardwired song, but it's really grown on me. There's a beauty in its simplicity. It's a track you can tell your dad to listen to and he'll dig <laughs> it, which, yeah, I completely agree with that. Uh, yep. o-, o Canada saying, Jesse, I loved it from the moment I heard it. There's an interview Hetfield did when the album came out where he's discussing the meanings of the lyrics. He's incredibly vague and a bit touchy about the meaning in this song, so I feel its meaning is strongly personal for him. And finally, Michael says, the best on Hardwired for my money, a perfect blend of groove dynamics and powerful lyrics. Feels like the Black Album had a baby with Load. <laughs> Which, yeah, yeah, okay. I mean, is, is it the best on Hardwired, Nick, to you? No, no, no. That would be uh, Moth in the Flame. Yeah, I, I would. That's my favorite as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's 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 the top song. I mean, now that we're dead, not bad, but you know. You know, everyone's got a slice of pizza in the okay. fridge, so we understand. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. no, 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 that's very, uh, very diplomatic of you. And I yeah, completely agree. And uh, you know, I like now that we're dead. And let us know down below. Email me metallicapology.com what you think about now that we're dead. What you think about other songs? Um, as always, get in touch with me. Next week we are tackling a Wolf of Man, and then one, and then Orion. So we've got a crazy three episodes, and then Outlaw Ooh. Torn. Unfortunately, after that, but still, we've got a cra- <laughs> oh god, <laughs> brutal. <laughs> we've got a uh, crazy three coming. Um, if people want some songs to come on to as well, we've got Stone Cold Crazy, Stone Dead Forever, uh, The Thing That Should Not Be. Um, what else have we got? Tuesday's Gone, Unforgiven Two's available. So there's quite a few out there. So yeah, if you guys want to come on and discuss a song, MetallicaBod at gmail.com, Patreon, iTunes, all that sort of stuff. If you want to support as well, put the links down below. Nick, what about yourself? Your, your artwork? How do people get at you? Uh, the easiest way is find me on Instagram. It's just my name. I'm on Twitter and Facebook and all that. So yeah, just keeping myself busy. All right, all right. Well, as always, man, it's been great to speak to you. Go check out all the old episodes with Nick that we discussed before. And um, yeah, this is Tom, Alf Metallica. Nick, thank you again, man. No problem, Tom. <laughs>